I don't want the city to change the wonderful positive traits that we have and I don't want us to be a swaggering Billy Big Bollocks. Yeah. But I would like us to think that perhaps we owe our city a favour to not give it a kicking at every possible turn because how can yeah. we expect other people to do the same if you know there's a percentage of us that won't give yeah. it a chance? Okay, yeah, ready? We started. We have started, mate. <laughs> We've made it a whole year, mate. I know, yeah. No breaks, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Well, feels pretty like much it. non-stuff. We've yeah. been having so much fun, we just carried on. You know what, they just keep rolling in the podcasts. Like, even now, we're taking a break now, people. So bear in mind, you're not really going to hear anything until probably end of January, February time now. Yeah. But it's just been, even now, we've got people like... Can you do this? Can you do this one? Can we come on here? I'm Squeeze like, this one in. Like, yeah. No. Like, oh man. Like, so anyways, this is breaking bread. Yeah, obviously. You click the link. <laughs> you, you clicked on our faces <laughs> unless you stumbled across us. Yeah. Uh, I'm Liam. I'm Carl. That's I don't know why I said it like that. Curse, Carl. Carl. So I, was half, I was half yawning at the time. I'm <laughs> Carl. How you doing, man? Feeling festive? Yeah, man. Feeling good. Yeah. yeah. It's Christmas time. Looking good. It's hard because I broke up yesterday from my, oh, my proper job. Such a warning Carl said we're <laughs> taking a little break, so if you do miss us, we've got loads of episodes. We've got like 100 episodes now. Yeah, you've definitely not listened to all of them, so no just way. go through the back But catalog. don't go too far back because we were just learning stuff at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go right to the beginning. <laughs> but you know, two, oh, there are some good ones at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, there is some good fair. ones, some crackers. We've got obviously two MasterChef champions. Yeah, Brummy MasterChef champions. We've got Michelin star chefs. We've got Axel. people that have worked all over. We've got some of the best, and some of the best, like little producers and people doing yeah. amazing things. I always push the um, punks and chances. Yeah, and King's Heath and Bearwood Action for Refugees. Yeah, that's... they've got a thing on for Christmas where you can order stuff directly off Amazon. It goes straight to them, and it ranges from like stuff that's a couple of pound all the way up to like fifteen pound. Oh, that's a nice thing. To you do. can definitely do that. They still sell the cookbook, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, like, check them out and go and do something nice for them because they're fantastic people. And the podcast we did with them was really good as well. Yeah, so you don't have to miss us. Go back and have a listen. And we'll be back with loads of episodes to end the jam. Yeah, end of Jan, February time. We're saying it's like it should be. (laughs) It should be. We should be because we've got some planned in. We have to be because we've got loads. (laughs) (laughs) We've got loads ready to record. We've got people planned in for then. So, yeah, that first week of January, February is going to be tough. We're cracking year, man. You think back to some of the guests we've done this year and that, like, you know. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's really kind of felt like it's, I know it's the first year without COVID, but it's felt like it's taken off this year a bit, hasn't it, like? Well, you've got them Spotify results that yeah, we talk yeah. about that in this podcast. It more comes and more up listeners and just... all the time, more and more followers, and uh, we love that. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Like, I can't believe it most of the time. When you, I look at some of the stats and I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's a bit daunting, only a little bit daunting, but still. Ah, it's good. It's good. We've uh, managed to get out and about a bit despite the cold. Yeah, we've done well, especially last week. Yeah. Start with, I think we can't do this episode without talking about Trapeur first. Yeah, we went last week, first time, and I was so mad it was our first time because I was. So you can get people recommending amazing. stuff to us all the time, and then they rave about stuff, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, <laughs> Let yeah, me yeah. get there. Let me have a look. See what it's about." 
you see that many people going on about it, you're like, well, all right, I know it's good. Respected like, people it's as well. It's got to be people's opinion Joe, if they say it's good, yeah, 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 yeah Joe, Joe from Relationship yeah. told us to go there for the last year, I'd say. Just everyone says, oh, have you been to so-and-so yet? Or if you say, oh, I haven't been there, they're like, what? Yeah, you need yeah, to go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And then you go there and it's just phenomenal. Everything about it, the food and the experience and the atmosphere and the service, just... Probably yeah, the, the people in the, yeah, 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 some of the friendliest, nicest service I've had. The food was phenomenal. The place is nice inside. The drinks are great. I had a wicked martini, grappa, shots, limoncello, coffee. <laughs> like, I drank every, if they sold it, I drank it, basically. It was like going to Italy and going to, like, somebody's house, a really nice chef's house. Like, yeah, you know. it was a nice vibe and the, oh, mate, the food. Yeah, I like that as well. Because often, you know, I'm conf- I'm conflicted when I go to like like a, a standard Italian neighbourhood, just place. Yeah. Because your mind's either pasta or steak. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Trappé, it's like no, no, no. You have your pasta first, and then you'll have your steak after. Well, that's how <laughs> like, they do yes. in Italy, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they yeah, start yeah. off with the antipasto, then they have pasta, then they have their main. Unsurprisingly, in England, we've just been doing it wrong. But I like the whole the antipasto star. Then you move on to the like half portion of pasta or full portion, depending on. I like the style of the antipasto. Like you just have a few plates in front of you, you do a bit of talking, you're just digging into a bit of that, bit of that, bit of that. It's I nice. It was really like... social eating vibe, mm. isn't it? So you're all sharing. It's nice. I loved it when it said, um, "You're ordering two op- octopus. Um, you won't want to share just one." Me and Carl looked at each other. Are you sharing octopus? Yeah, first thing I said. <laughs> one said, each. I, Thank oh, you. I don't share octopus, <laughs> man. I was like, I share. You put two legs on there. <laughs> yeah so d- definitely if you haven't been there you don't need us to tell you everyone's talking about it and rightly so it was uh included in the michelin guide yeah completely rightly so i mean amazing if it doesn't win a bib command i will just give up hope of ever winning a bib command in birmingham yeah a new bar in Hong Kong's in Sturchley. Another new bar. As yeah, if you've seen the shows, you've seen the shop, you've walked past and says, wow, that looks cool. I wonder what that is. And <laughs> yeah. nobody's known until now. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy it ended up in a bar. I was like, yes, bar. <laughs> it's the kind of place where you're thinking, please be a bar, please be a bar. And then it's a hairdresser's or something. <laughs> yeah, but currently there's a residency there from Beaufort, I think it is. Beaufort, oh, yeah. Gin and they do a nice rum as well. And they're there slinging cocktails out to people. Like we went the other night and it was phenomenal. Like the drinks were brilliant, the vibe in there is good. It's like it's a tiny little bar, it's cool as shit in there, isn't it? Yeah, they've done a good job considering it was a shell like a week before we'd managed to get in. <laughs> yeah, and we went, it was really good, cracking atmosphere. Like Sturchley's got so much going on at the moment, yeah, especially with the Kagi open up there as well. Leo's a nice guy as well, the guy who makes the gin and the rum. We're hoping to do a podcast with him for the Yeah, year. he'll be one of them, yeah. Yeah, just. Great story, isn't it? Long, so don't want to give too much away right now. Nice, yeah. But it's opposite Larry's. <laughs> yeah, we had to go to Larry's. We huh? wanted to get to Larry's for a while. Larry's looks like the fun pizza joint that you want to go to when you're a kid. What did you describe it as? Like a little New York vibes look like? Yeah, it did feel like place. somewhere you'd go in New York at three in the morning. You'd get the owner, who's quite loud and very funny, very friendly. But not too friendly, <laughs> you know, and that's Dom. <clears throat> yeah, that was he was phenomenal. Dom's like the king what of stuff, isn't he? Like, just walk, love that work in the that. room, just fantastic. A yeah. great owner, great place, and the Pete. Then you get on to the food, and the pizzas are great. Yeah, all open plan, so it's like you're part of the kitchen. It's yeah. Brilliant though, great fun. Yeah, try out Larry's man, it's great. Obviously went with Tom. 
legend. Yeah, that's who this podcast is all about. Yeah. And we've been wanting to do this one for ages. And we've known Tom for a while as well. Like, he's been really helpful to us in regards to the podcast and advice and stuff like this. I'm not sure if I'd said it in the podcast, but I think we first met him on the press trip to Dishoom about... 2000 oh it's 2020 just before covid wasn't it yeah i think and so I, and the first time i met him i was like we need you to come on the podcast <laughs> and he was like well i was like because we just need to talk about brum in a positive <laughs> way and yeah. no one does a better job of bringing up brum than tom yeah he's amazing at it isn't he? he's all in this this week on twitter the war against uh, manchester that's cracked me up that has oh, that's funny. That. That he's, funny he's so good he's so intelligent and his writing is just ridiculous isn't it like you can yeah. you can't read his email without hearing his voice no i genuinely look forward to it mm. like every week and it must be the only email i really look forward to <laughs> like, i don't open anything else no i don't get many emails that i'm that bothered about to be honest yeah yeah just a real champion of birmingham i often prefer the episodes where we already know the person quite well see i don't see i do because I, I feel, feel like, like you can ask that little bit more personal of a question maybe but then you also assume that people know him yeah because we know him so it's like yeah, yeah you think you, i won't ask how he started because i know inside started. jokes and stuff like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but either way he does this but is a professional man like he should have been well he does no, he interviewed us us. At the end, like, <laughs> turn the tables on us so if you want to know more about me and liam you're going to find out in this episode you're going to love this episode <laughs> It's just a great episode where we champion Brum. It's not often you're going to sit down and listen to an hour of people talking positively about Birmingham. Yeah. And it deserves that. All positive. Yeah. So enjoy this episode, everyone. I hate to date episodes by saying happy Christmas, but happy Christmas, Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas, everybody. Hope you all have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Cullen. I choose Birmingham. people think rather than telling them you just assume nobody wants to hear about us just the guests well that's what i think <laughs> yeah. yeah you know every guest says that though <laughs> every guest is like oh i don't think people i think that. that's a very brummy thing yeah you know that um yeah not self-deprecation but the you don't almost... stop when you say that <laughs> i know I was, I was just gonna say i was like i'm not even gonna attempt to say that <laughs> it'll come out godly good when what, i so oh, is, it melt- is this started? Yeah, I've oh, just started rolling. Yeah, so. it's we well, thanks for having me over, chaps. <laughs> no, thanks for coming, Tom. I choose Birmingham. Costa del Solihull, right? Costa del Solihull. Living the dream. Absolutely. Don't, Absolutely. Tell, don't tell everyone we don't live in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you a bit about the relationship between Brum and Solihull and, you know, how it's you a feel way. that sort of brother-sister relationship is. Well, we both lived in Birmingham. Yeah, we both went to school in Solihull. I don't know if I should school. out Carl, but Carl, Carl grew up in Solihull. Shirley, yeah. <laughs> well, I was born in Yardley Wood, then moved to Shirley. Not Yardley Wood, Yardley, then moved to Shirley. What's the difference? Are they? Oh, they're, they're, they're miles they're, apart. They're right? miles apart. Yeah. Right. So even you make the mistake despite living yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, despite. Right. <laughs> and then I moved to Shirley, and then grew up here, and then I moved to Hall Green, and then moved back when we had our kid to Shirley because the schools were a lot better. Mm. Some people get snobbish about it, though, don't they? They can. You know, still hearing their lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think many promises. It's almost like they've got that Andy Murray 
British thing. Like, you know, the English say he's British when they want him to be British and Scottish yeah. when they want him to be Scottish. Solly Hull wants to be part of Birmingham for Commonwealth Games or for Eurovision, but when it suits them on, I don't know, voting trends or whatever it might yeah, be, yeah, yeah. it's something completely well, different. I think Is that fair to tell say? the difference? Yeah, you can tell the difference because the person that is very Solly Hull won't say Solly Hull, they say Solly Hull. Ah, right. So if you find someone that says Solly Hull, then they're proper like, no, we're not Birmingham. Ah, uh, well, the cost of says soul doesn't work. <laughs> no. But if someone says Solly Hull, there's a good chance they probably lump themselves in with Brummies. I just right. annoy everyone and class all of the West Midlands as great at Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. So I just offend everyone. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't it's got care. a B postcode, you're going to have to get over it. Right. No, but even Warsaw's definitely part of Birmingham. I don't care. It's got a W. <laughs> Keep your W postcode. It's still Birmingham. Yeah, well, I often get it. Because Manchester net. did it, didn't they? Yeah. Any, the this, greater Manchester. Greater Manchester. Yeah. It's everywhere, yeah. don't know. Well, the whole black country very... thing, right? I, I, I constantly on Twitter am being told it's not Birmingham, it's the black country. And I do get it. But ultimately, they don't really care. No, <laughs> because no. I think we should be, you know, amassing as one. I think you can be as much too, as we can. Yeah, I think you'd be too. It's easy to get too hung up on borders and oh, you're not there because you're there, and you're not yeah. this because you're that. Like, just it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day, does it? Surely not. Surely. But anyway, anyhow, thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Good. How you been? <laughs> good, thank you. Good. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, 2022 in business terms has been significantly better than I think anyone thought it would be. And yeah. I think the presumption is that 2023 is going to be a train wreck. <laughs> um, but good, thank you. Really it's good. weird. Remember this time last year and we were like scared to see anyone in case you got yeah. um, isolated over Christmas. Yeah, you yeah, think yeah. about it and think, I mean, that is just like a weird dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when I was on the 12 pubs on Saturday, I was thinking this didn't happen last year because we were all terrified of having to isolate over Christmas. Yeah. So for, for the listeners, Liam did a 12 pub challenge how many Liam doesn't drink yeah, how many did the, the crew manage I think they got up to about 10 but I bailed at 8 because you're meant to just have one pint in each pub but then they got cosy and some yeah. and ended up having two schooners ended up having two and most of the good ones they had about two or three that's what happens when I'm not there yeah, you I was someone... one of the original people that set up the whole concept because we've been going for years as yeah. a concept. It started as a Henley day. Yeah, we'd get the train to Henley, start at one end, and just go straight to the other, drinking right. in each one, and, and obviously go moved. back to the three tons and then finish in there. And yeah, as moved many it as we to can in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and at the risk of asking all the questions, I'm like two and a half weeks into a bit of a sobriety session. As a non-drinker, what you know? What lessons have you learned from not drinking when people are doing a twelve pub challenge? You know, back bail early seems to be one of them. But <laughs> yeah, get out when you know when it's time to go. That's what I would yeah. say. It's a weird experience because it feels good. But do you, do you know when you're drinking and you're part of the, the group, you're in a bubble and you only see your group of friends and yeah. you're acting the same as them. But when you're sober, you see the barman. You see the couple having a nice meal oh, over there. Oh, right. And yeah. It, and you can feel the cringe, like, and you're like, when they start, when you start just being <laughs> generally sloppy, you know, mm. when you've had a few beers and uh, you, you don't really notice when you're drinking, but then when you're sober, you do. But mm-hmm. it's still harmless, like, but you're kind of a bit more alert all the time as well, mm-hmm. especially if they, you're with people you care about. You're like, I don't want them to get, I don't want them to hurt anyone else, but I don't want them to get. You know, it's a weird experience, but you get used to it. You have yeah. to choose your friends good as well. Like Carl, I would stay with Carl all night because I know at one point he's definitely going to get 
so hungry that it's just going to go for food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, nah, I can't drink anymore. Let's go for food. So I'm like, yes. And also, he's really good drunk. He just gets happier. Yeah. yeah, I'm very, yeah. It's very hard. I'm told it's very hard to tell when I'm drunk. Uh, so my brother's a good drunk, but you can tell he's drunk. He's just, he's a very friendly drunk. Is that the same for you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Friendly. Well, I'm just yeah. generally quite friendly. I mean, all the lads yeah. are friendly, but you just, the conversation goes downhill fast sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, right, that, that's that. Mm. <laughs> I'm not getting any more good conversation. <laughs> no, it's time to go. <laughs> time to make excuses and gum. No, you get quite, used to it. I'm right? quite a functional drunk as well. I can still cook <laughs> and do many tasks that most drunks wouldn't even attempt. Oh, that's the exact opposite so of people me. people think I'm not that <laughs> My drunk. faculties sh- shut down fairly early on. <laughs> yeah. The point where people are like, Carl can probably drive, can't he? <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. It's like, no, I've had a bottle of vodka. But I'll get a go. <laughs> don't, don't. It does yeah, not drink. Don't, do don't drink it. No, don't drink it. <laughs> Are you going to stay for Christmas, I feel? Or? So the, tr- the, the plan is to get to Christmas, whether, yeah. like, you know, I yeah. think the whole uh, family event on the day will probably, I was going to say, push me over the edge, but... It, <laughs> Uh, I'm not putting any pressure on it, as they all say when people take a bit of a time out from booze. Just kind of recalibrating and reworking out the relationship with it. It'd be wonderful if that was it done. Yeah. Um, realistically, is it? I don't know. But um, it's a mental health thing. Like, I feel a million times better than I did yeah. two and a half weeks ago. And it's it's almost quite frightening to think that it can have that much of an impact on you. Mm. Just And, it, you know, I certainly wasn't out every night by any means. But... Um, yeah. I did need to just stop for a bit and just remember what it's like to, you know. Well, we're gonna have to go to this uh, yeah, a Thursday, gin launch yeah. on Thursday for this Beaufort Spirits, this this Birmingham gin, and I'm just gonna stick with you, Liam, and, and see what <laughs> you know. I mean, we could stick suggest- with Leo as well because Leo's the the um, yeah. dude I don't know Leo. Leo's the creator of the gin. Well, I interviewed him. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Thursday or Friday. So this week's I choose Birmingham. His interview with Leo. Oh, awesome. so yeah, it's a fascinating guy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah how to, to how drummer, yeah. Like, was he? The, well, yeah, I wish yeah, I knew yeah. that before I interviewed him. Shit, we keep saying this. We keep, <laughs> no, we, do, I checked it. I was yeah, good. But, I'm glad someone checked yeah, it. Yeah, I checked it. <laughs> we keep and, um, saying it, <laughs> but it turns out he doesn't really like talking about it. <laughs> so it didn't, it well, he didn't. Well, I'd imagine that's all people end up talking about a lot of the time. Yeah, I'd mention it within. If it was me, I'd mention it. Yeah, like being a vegan. I would introduce myself as Leo from the Prodigy. But yeah, that'd be cool. That will, I think it'd be good. You'll be all right. You'll yeah, all right, well, right. as long as the. What would, what would you have at a cocktail gin launch as a soft drink? Like, what do you do? The... You mentioned something by text message that interests me that there's lots of interesting people to speak to. So, do you kind of throw yourself more into the discussion than, yeah. you know, yeah, e- yeah. even the soft drinks? You know? Yeah, it's not. You've got to make do with the drinks, especially at something like this. I mean, North Brew, we went to the North Brew opening uh, party last Monday, a week ago. And luckily, there was good alcohol-free beers. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, selection of non-alcoholes. But I, I didn't even get to try that many because I was too, like, literally everyone we knew was in one room. So mm. it was like... Oh, that was like my Christmas talking. party, that was. It was yeah, ridiculous. it was very good, yeah. <laughs> good to have nice. another bow bar in as well. I mean, yeah, I suspect it's probably not quite up to Tiger Bites Pig, but, you know, was it was it decent food there? The food's good. Yeah. Yeah, Solid, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, good stuff. It's it's yeah, it's not the same as Tiger Bites Pig. I don't, don't know what the difference. They make all their bars fresh and stuff, which yeah. is a good good touch. He's a really nice guy. The the owner of the because it's separate, but um, it, yeah, he's a nice guy. I'd, yeah, he was really sound. I, 
I would say the, you know, like the little touches with Tiger White's pig, you know, like mm. the uh, cured egg yolk and bits and pieces like that. It's so funny that Bar Opus didn't work down there. Is it? Have you, have you ever come out of uh, Snow Hill Station and turned left? No. <laughs> no. <not laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's a good it's point. It's either... straight, all right, isn't it? You don't yeah. go left. Well, it was for the Jekyll and Hyde or the Queen's Head, wasn't it? That's the only reason you'd ever yeah. turn no, left. No. But even then, you go forwards and then, like, you go up the road and then left. You don't necessarily yeah. turn I never even realised that I used to go through Great Western Arcade and then turn left. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I never turned left. I didn't even know what was left. Do you know, I used to get to Wayland Yard. Think how close Wayland Yard is there. And you just walk out of snow, turn left, right, Wayland Yard's there. I used to go through Great Western, left, and then left again back on myself. That's the way I used to go to Wayland Yard. That's how much I didn't know that side of town. I'm trying to build up an appetite. Only takes one great place, though, to make it more accessible than it, like, you know, a reason to go there. So I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to clean up a lot of the business around there as well. I think they're going to get a lot of footfall. When mm. I was in there, because I went the day after as well, because I went up Birmingham with my brother's back, so I took the day off and we just went out drinking all day. And I, we were there, like, I think four or five o'clock, mm-hmm. and people were walking past, stopping, looking, coming in. There was people that had clearly already been there, like a lot of the business types on the way to the station. I think it's going to do well there. And how do we feel about, like, by its very name, North Brewery, how do we feel about, is it, is it Mancunian? Or Leeds? It's from Leeds, Leeds. yeah. So like, it's like rubbing it in our face that it's north. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not there. Yeah, imagine if we <laughs> opened in, in Leeds with Brummy Brewery. <laughs> yeah. But presumably, but that you know, could happen one day. It could. Potential. The way Attic are moving, they've yeah. got their second place. And their second place sounds phenomenal. A barrel-aged beer bar. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. I was talking to him about it the other night, and it sounds phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Are they good operators as well, without yeah. losing touch? of? I think the best... Attic Brew is almost my local pub. And I love how community-focused they are. I mean, it sounds a bit wanky, but they, they really are. They put on, you know, all sorts of stuff that's, yeah, that benefits Sturgeley and Bourneville. Yeah. yeah, craft markets. It does. It's not just about food and drink. They even did, like, a, like a homebrew competition mm. where the locals who, you know, probably making stuff that tastes like vinegar in their, <laughs> yeah. you know, in their attic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just show up with a drop of each and, you know, have a bit of a comp. I just love that about them. It's, uh, and their collabs are good. The collabs aren't just with other beer places either. They do, like, they did a Punk and Chances collab, their table beer, which was phenomenal, was by it? the way. Yeah, that was a great beer. Punks and Chances, again, another... Again, one it's of our favourite things. a wonderful brand, aren't they? Like yeah. a brummy brand that's just... They seem to be appearing everywhere now. And then, you know, you know you've made it when, without having to push... Your brand's there, and I think punks and punk and chances are at that at that point now. And I almost like the way they've sort of committed to Birmingham. It's almost like, in the same way that I choose Birmingham won't be an I choose Sheffield, it won't be an I choose Bristol. Punks and chances is so inherently Birmingham. It's almost like they've got nowhere to go, and they're okay with that. Mm. You know, there's a, it's okay that there's a ceiling to your business. Yeah, it's okay that you're. I don't know, you know how much they're turning over, but it's okay. To say I'm earning enough and I'm not going to, you know, jeopardise that by pushing it too far or spreading myself too thin. me and Liam are giving them most of the business. <laughs> Between us, we own right. every piece of clothing they've made. That's a nomad. So like an all right duck stoke kind of brand. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, really nice. Right, Nottingham that was, yeah. Duck City as well. It's Nottingham, Nottingham yeah. duck as well, see? Do you know what? We should buy that URL <laughs> yeah. now and steal a, steal a march on Zoe quickly. Yeah, do another one. It's called a batch. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. 
Tom's writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I still own the URL to 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 iTunes various cities and I don't know why every year you know it comes back for automatic (laughs) you know payment and I always pay it and I'm never going (laughs) to launch into another city but I guess you just kind of like to have that option well you've got the option to sell it to someone if they wanted it I suppose well a friend of mine bought tomcullen.com and still owns it (laughs) desperate for me to one day buy it off him so if that day ever comes that's hilarious but back to Northborough, I think they've done it right though. When they've launched, they've got loads of locals involved. I mean, they're one of the like original breweries. They were there before craft brew beer was a thing. They were like a real ale um, sort of place. And now they've done a collab with Attic. I think they did, did they do one Dig Brew as well. Dig Brew is yeah. on the taps at the moment. They've got one with Dig Brew and one with Attic. And when we went up there, they had one with Dig Brew on. Their collab thing, like half their menus collabs. Mm-hmm. And they do really a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. But they've always had a strong focus on Birmingham anyway. They used to do stuff with the Wolf back in the day when the Wolf yeah. first opened. They had a few nights there that they set up and did stuff. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. No one else was doing anything there. Yeah. So no, I don't see I'd, why they shouldn't do it. I absolutely it. agree with you. Yeah. I don't want to be one of these people that, like, I, I only drink Dig Brew and I only drink Attic. Like, there's lots of nice beers. And mm. they these people that run these places, they drink other people's beers. Of course, yeah. Well, they were all at the opening for North Brew as well. They were all having a good mm-hmm. try of the beers. So, I don't know. I think it's no one else was doing anything. No, I agree. Why not? Yeah. I think big brands like that, that might be a bit more national and come down this way. I think there's a bit of respect for them if they do it well, you know. And also, there's something about coming to Birmingham instead of London. I like that. Yeah. You know, like uh, Albert yeah. Schloss. Yeah. They were like, no, nah, we ain't going to London. Yeah, we'll Rudy's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, yeah, isn't yeah. it? There are certain brands that, that, that launch into Birmingham and you know that they're bigger than the West Midlands, significantly bigger, and you almost sort of warm to them. And I don't think that comes down purely to clever marketing. I think it comes down to, the, as you said, the people that you collab with. It's yeah. an awful word, collab. Um, but how warmly you, you enter into a city. You don't come in... Billy Big Bollocks and you know, yeah, like and you know all you, you know. I think Brummies is warm to that. You know, you you know you you're super welcome here as long as you don't, you know, yeah. Oasis it, <laughs> swaggering and that's it. You do it the right way and you're part of the gang then. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly happy. Like, yeah. Brilliant. I wonder if it's trickier the other way. I do wonder whether launching into your Manchester's or Liverpool's mm. next Park London. I suspect that's a completely different beast. But it would be interesting to speak to a Brummy brand. Brad Carter with his one-star Donna Bar in Manchester. I'd love to know how that went and whether Manchester was completely receptive and whether Brummies were like, how dare you? <laughs> Why is that not launching? <laughs> yeah. well, in- sorry, where's the Birmingham one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Mama Roo's just done it as well, haven't they? The Mama Roo's just opened in Manchester. Have they? Yeah. Oh, great. I don't, know, well, I don't know if it's open yet, but they've definitely moved up that way to have a look. So. Oh, it's nice to hear stories yeah, that go I the like other that, way, yeah. doesn't it? Mm, I think yeah. they're similar, sort of, especially Birmingham, Manchester. There's a similar sense that there's a high sort of proportion of people that are from other areas globally and in the country yeah. they've just gone to these cities through uni or just they lived somewhere that was a bit quieter and wanted a bigger city and they've gone to them mm. i think that's the makeup of birmingham manchester and leeds and places like young that. as well mm. like yeah. young cities manchester's fairly young birmingham's the youngest that's right yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah in europe in fact 
Is it Europe? Yeah. God. I don't really know Manchester very well. You and I had that night. We out. had a good time. We, well, you we knew it. you ended up somewhere before all of us. And our tour guide there was from Manchester. <laughs> yeah, and we were like, how did right. you get here? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was my first visit to Manchester. And I'm not mm, sure whether it's kind of built into me to be sort of inherently... Not anti it, but you know, I'm so staunch Birmingham that I wonder whether there's something holding me back from going there. There's this whole sort of fake, I don't know if it's fake actually, but this whole sort of Manchester versus Birmingham sort of ethos on independence and drinking and culture. And I don't really get why that exists at all, to be Mm. honest, because I love going out in Manchester. I think it's a great city. Oh, I like stoking up the rivalry. Yeah, I've noticed. Which is fun, but I don't really I understand. I don't buy into it. I, I just think it's yeah, fun. I don't yeah. understand where it comes from and why people, like, yeah, you might be the second city, but our city centre's actually a bit. Like, who gives a flying fun? London dwarfs, both yeah. of us combined, mm. they're not bragging about it. Mm-hmm. They're just getting on with it, enjoying Soho. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's pretty much true. To be honest about Birmingham, I might stoke that rivalry tongue-in-cheek, but we are just getting on with it. And I think that's what people buy into about Birmingham what perhaps is the most honourable thing about the city is for all these decades of having shit slung at us we've just been getting on with it and I think the city is kind of it's paying off now finally yeah finally so people often say Birmingham doesn't shout about itself enough I mean that's all well and good but it turns out we didn't need to didn't we yeah because we we just we just stuck to our guns and eventually having not shouted and I think the coolest people on earth are those that don't shout mm. having not shouted finally you know the eyes of the country I I think are on us and not just because of the Commonwealth Games because of your Digworth dining clubs because of an independent bar and restaurant scene because of Icon Gallery stars, yeah. you know yeah. Birmingham Royal Ballet the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra all of these things sort of reaching a crest of a wave about the same time and suddenly. Everyone wants to live here, and mm. more to the point, it's very welcoming to those people. Mm. You know, if you're up for it, come and join us. Well, it's going to get as soon as HS2's done between Birmingham and London. Yeah. We're only like an hour Even away easier. from London. People are going to be why they pay four times the price house price there when you can come to Birmingham. Most people that work in London live about an hour outside of it anyway. Yeah, and I, like, I, I lived there for 13 years, and I absolutely love London. But I mean, how much of those millions of things you can do in London? London, the people actually do. Yeah. You know, you have a smaller version of it in Brum. You know, you've probably got, I don't know, four orchestras in London and one in Birmingham. How many orchestras do you need? Yeah. How many bars do you need to yeah. visit? How many tapas restaurants yeah. How do many you have? opera houses yeah. do you actually require in one city? Exactly. And I mean, I think I've said to you before, actually, fellas, that in summer, London is, for my money, the best city in Europe. Come winter, you could be anywhere. You're on the tube, underground, yeah. for an hour a day, and you're just going from A to B. And as wonderful as that city is, I think, when you, on balance, when you measure it all up, Birmingham holds its own, it really does. And that's yeah. why, you know, after 13 years there, I've ended up here and just couldn't, just couldn't be happier. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we're happy you moved back. We're, we're very glad you chose Birmingham. Yeah. We're like... 25 minutes in and we haven't even asked why is it you do why is I choose Birmingham yeah. for anyone who doesn't know yeah, good point you, yeah. they should know who I, yeah. why I choose Birmingham is so, it's a weekly yeah, I'd imagine they do yeah, thanks Liam let's get the plug in <laughs> four times up it's a weekly email about the best things to do in Birmingham the pivotal word there is best mm. it's not just things to do in Birmingham it's the best things to do in Birmingham so I think I'm sort of like the first the first edit for you kind of like um the first filter, you know, there's so much going on in this city that perhaps it's helpful if one person 
whittles it down to perhaps the most interesting on, on that week on its own. So, so many things I consider every week uh, don't get in. Uh, so I often get asked, like, surely that restaurant can't be... It can't be a brilliant restaurant every week. It can't be a brilliant show every week. It can't be a brilliant concert every week. And no, it's not. But, um, you know, the things that perhaps aren't up to scratch don't make it in. And I think that's the difference between I Choose Birmingham and, you know, your average citywide what's on listing that will tell you everything. Yeah. Hopefully, I Choose Birmingham is the edit of the best. Mm. And I think the hardest thing for a writer to realise is that nobody reads anything anymore. You know, they look at things uh, and if the imagery, the headline and the intro are kind of working their asses off, usually they're going to read the whole thing. But we've all become very bite-sized and that's what it is. You won't find a 3,000 word long read in this mm. weekly email. It's little nuggets of gold mm. around the city that you can read on your 40 minute bus journey, you know, 20 minute train journey, whatever it might be. Yeah, and, and and learn something each time. Yeah, so that's fantastic, man. I mean, I find stuff yeah, all the time. Like, I like to think we've got a good knowledge of what's going on in Birmingham. Yeah. I still read your email weekly, and I'm like, I didn't fucking know about that. I don't know about that. That's <laughs> great. Like, I'm you that. put the links in so it's handy. So you just click the link and go to the page, and then you get there. Oh, it's so make easy. Make a note of that. Yeah, and hopefully there's, I guess, a tone of voice that resonates with Brummies. So, you know, what it isn't, it isn't for tourists. Um, it's for the people that already know mm. the great restaurants. It's to tell them that the menu has changed and the new best thing on the menu is this. Yeah. Or that, did you know the Hippodrome are now showing, you know, whatever it might be. And that actually there are, incredibly, there are still tickets left on this row, which is an incredible row at this price. You know, it's that granular information mm. that... Um, that your average, you know, not even your average Brummie, people like yourselves who know Birmingham inside out, as you've said, which is yeah. great, still learn stuff from. So that's what it's about. And it's free, so the, the price is right. You, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you don't lose anything. There's no negative effect of being signed up to your thing. Like, yeah. read it or don't read it. And I always say it's easy to unsubscribe, and it really is. Like, yeah. You know. And it's one a week. Like, how many? I get like fucking four emails a week off Sports Direct. I'm like, what yeah. the keep sending me emails for? <laughs> yeah, the trick is with, with e, I say e-marketing, it's it, it's editorial, but the trick is to show people that it's not spam. And that and that's the tricky thing because there is there is wave after wave oh, of email absurd. spam that it's very difficult. I think as a brand, people's eye spots the iTunes Birmingham email and will open it. In fact, the open rate... Is ridiculously high. So it's 52% of all the people that receive it open it. So the industry average is about 12. Yeah. That's so clearly crazy. it's on to something. Mm. But there is still this ever-going battle to convince people that actually putting your email address in a subscription bar isn't a waste of time, won't fill you, clog your inbox with garbage. This is mm. hopefully well thought out, hopefully well written, you know, content, decent content. You've been doing the... Newsletter 10 years. Did it take long to build that trust so people did open the newsletters? The first uh, email that went out, it went to 70 people. Uh, and I mean, the open rate was sky high, but it, 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 it didn't really dip off. So honestly, no. And I think the key to it is that the social media content where most people find I Choose Birmingham first, it's quite conversational. Hopefully it's quite engaging. 
and that is that follows through in the email. But actually building a database, any idiot can get a 20,000 database of people, but making them open it really yeah. is the key. Yeah. Uh, and that's the tricky bit. So hopefully, you know, they enjoy reading it and hopefully it sets itself aside by being well-written. And I'm not saying that... that, that e-magazines in the city aren't yeah but uh, i think the hope is that this is a, a, a cut above but i'm bound to say that yeah. <laughs> you have a particular turn of voice and you've managed to protect it quite well even when you have because you're not the only writer on it you obviously have um claire and sometimes rob yeah and they seem to also have your kind of style if yeah you know what I mean. the trick the first trick is to to find the good writers so <laughs> a really good writer can take on a tone of voice and yeah. you're right it, it is very I, I guess it is my my voice but the two you named for example I mean they're just um they're naturals as well mm. and I don't know in, in a world where um everyone's a photographer and everyone's a writer <laughs> and everyone's a podcaster with respect <laughs> um you've you've got to be able to be you know the best or if not the best at least I hope to think that I choose Birmingham is one of yeah um and, you know, yeah, those writers just absolutely have that natural ability to... to you wouldn't know what I've written and what Claire's written. You yeah. know? Well, that's a game uh, I play when I'm reading it. I'm reading through. Oh, really? Obviously, you don't say it till the end. Yeah, who's yeah. On. I'm reading through. I'm yeah. like... Because sometimes it is just you. And sometimes you're like, you and Claire, you or Rob or whatever. I'm trying to guess who's done what. And then I get to the end, I'm like, it was all Tom. I thought yeah. like this. I thought this was like... Yeah, like, I think it's kind of... I think for... for um, you can't... You genuinely can't tell. Yeah, that comes from um, FHM. So I wrote for FHM and, um, you know, for all the bad things you can quite rightly say about FHM, the tone of voice was second to none. It it really had that feeling of being part of a clique. You know, there'd be in-jokes that would run from month to month. And if you think you're expecting your reader to remember a joke you wrote a month ago and you're repeating it, well, to do it weekly, and these aren't, you know, gags, they're turns of phrase, interesting things that keep you, keep you reading. Well, that's, you know, if you cut your teeth at somewhere like FHM, then you can, you can tell a, you know, a, a very decent writer like Claire how to do it. And that's, that's how it stands up from article to article. And I'm not expected to write absolutely everything because I think there isn't actually word count wise, a lot of words in I choose Birmingham, but it's poured over and it's supposed to sound effortless it's really bloody not you know it's a lot of effort to make it sound effortless so you know even a 200 word article you've really got to have every sentence singing it's really got to keep people interested because you want people to go off and do that thing you're suggesting you know yeah do you do you impose a word count on yourself or any of the other writers yeah so it's interesting with it's not so much a word count it's more an article count Mm. so with a website, you can keep writing and writing and writing, and it, and it doesn't matter when you stop. I mean, it should matter yeah. because people will get bored, but technically it doesn't. But with an email, uh, you know, magazine writers work in pages. I work in adverts. The reason being, the email can only accommodate a certain number of ads yeah. before Gmail in particular cuts it off, and all these boring reasons. Mm. But ultimately recognizing that your form of publishing is a, is meant to be bite-sized is in, incredibly important mm-hmm. and recognizing that unless you're marina o'loughlin no one gives a shit after yeah. af, I, I think after 500 words yeah and if the email can only accommodate five editorials and let's say there should be two uh, sorry five adverts and let's say there should be two editorials per ad mm-hmm. 
that's quite a nice balance. And also there's a spam filters that uh, jump in when there's far too many images for the number of words there are. And all these nerdy, fairly boring things you need to factor in so that you avoid spam filters. Mm. The trick is make sure there's quite a lot of words. It's all interesting words and a number of adverts and images. It's it's kind of that simple, but the amount you've I've learned over 10 years of doing it. <laughs> Jesus. Because you do, you get these longer articles that it sort of starts off with. But yeah. My favourite bits, I don't know, I do like the reading, it's all very interesting, I do like it. But I like the snippets at the end. Yeah, the Any Other Business like is the, the most yeah, clipped. Like is that what it is? Any Other Business? Yeah, it's is called it, AOB, yeah. I thought it was Any Other Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> it is now, Liam. <laughs> that's what I just thought it was. Because that's what I could imagine you saying. Like, oh, any old bollocks. Any other bollocks. <laughs> any other but I tend to find that's where I tend to most of my clicking. I'm like, oh. I'll look at that. Do you oh, know I'll the, look at that. Yeah, so obviously you can get really granular about the statistics and the click-through rates show that that is the most popular bit. But I guess that's why clickbait works. So the any other business section, mostly the articles, the articles, the sentences are 50 words long. Mm. So you have to click on them to find out the rest of the information whereas the top feature you mentioned the big one can be as much as 1500 words long you've pretty much told every, everyone everything there is to know by the time you've finished writing that so they might not necessarily click through to find out more because they've learned it all <laughs> yeah. it's you say it's for the best not like you're just not bringing everything to attention. has it been harder and harder as Birmingham's got better to whittle it down or? easier and easier yeah. easier I thought as there would be more more good stuff, more great oh, stuff. Oh, I see, yeah. It'd be quite yeah. hard to just say, oh, yeah. Yeah. I now, see what you mean. Out. I see what you mean. Yeah, it possibly has got harder in that regard. Um, yeah. I tell you what, it, it, it was very difficult at first when I first moved here because I launched it within two months of arriving in Birmingham. So anyone that read that first email, I, mean, I didn't know anything that was going on. So <laughs> it's got easier in, in so much as I know the city inside out yeah, now. Yeah. Has it got easier to cut things out? Uh, more difficult to cut things out? Probably has. Mm. Yeah, it probably has. And there are, you know, it is a a PR's job is to say, well, why didn't that get in? You know, well, what can I do next time that, that might get published? And, you know, it can be sometimes difficult to say it was a bloody good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one was a bit better. <laughs> yeah, But easier also because I think the more highly people regard it, the more they'll come to me with a story. So mm. we often beat the Birmingham Mail to exclusives. Yeah. And I think that, I think that I mean that speaks volumes. If you can beat beat reach PLC owners of the Daily Mirror to yeah, you know, to, to the punch, really well. people see something in it, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, harder and harder and easier in At certain different time. ways. Yeah. Yeah, I just think like how many emails you get asking, can this be in your news? Like you must get like a hundred emails a day. Can you put this in your newsletter? Can you put yes, this? more than a hundred. Yeah, genuinely, yeah, yeah. yeah it's probably two hundred. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, you get quite, you know, it's a really difficult job PR. And I think you have to be, you know, really polite. You don't disregard press releases. I do try to respond and say it's not quite right for us. That, yeah. Thanks ever so much. I think journalists, in fact, I know journalists can be quite cold mm. with PR. Um, and the whole fucking industry wouldn't work without them. It's absolutely, no. they're incredible. So just to say, actually, that's not quite right this time is quite easy. But when you've got to, got to do that 200 times, it, it can be quite a handful. Well, I suppose you've got 
know what works for your email, you know what's going to work. Say something's opening up in Sturchley, you're going to know already yeah. a very good chance that whether it's going to be good or not. Yeah, and do you know what? how difficult it is sometimes to explain why it's not in? Yeah. Well, I just know. You know, it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's been... It's, yeah. I've been in this industry in lifestyle writing for 25 years. I, I just know now, and it's hard yeah. sometimes to say... I haven't got a specific reason, but I just know that wouldn't resonate with my audience. Sorry, you know. <laughs> how many of you? Re- how many emails have you released? Sent out now. So this week's is number four hundred and twenty-nine. <laughs> yeah, you'd like to think you know what you're doing. Yeah. Was there any a, mo- a moment at the beginning where you thought, "Oh shit, this might not work," or I might have to go back to? <laughs> but that's all I thought <laughs> for the first three years. That's all I thought. I had an email from um, Laura, who who used to write for iTunes Boom. She's moved to Cornwall. She's trying to work out how to rediscover a love for writing and do it from the countryside, from the coast. She sort of asked me, like, when did you know it was going to work? And it was, it was so bloody hard. It was such a slog. I couldn't pinpoint it at all. But I almost, uh, I was freelance writing uh, at the same time as launching it. And I think that's the key bit of advice I'd say to anyone that was going to set, you know, do something similar. It's perhaps don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, I suspect yeah. you, you, Elon Musk would probably say the opposite. <laughs> you know, if the pressure's on, you will make it succeed. But I did the opposite. I knew that if this went south, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. I still could be a freelance writer. And, you know, that would perhaps be my advice if you wanted to uh, to change things up a bit. You don't have to quit your job and go all in on it, you know. Um, but it was a hell of a slog. And eventually you realise that you're not emailing others. They're emailing you. They're telling you, uh, asking you if they can get something into the, the email. You know, it's very similar for us yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, when exactly we started, we were asking us. everyone, do you want to come on the pod? Now we... Don't we? We ask some people here and there, but so we just get offered so many podcasts now, and we turn. I'd say we turn down more than we do. How often did that? How long have you been going? Four, five, four years. Four, four years. Yeah. But you could probably get rid of a year through COVID. COVID, I'm taking that them. Yeah. Years, but, <laughs> okay. Well, let's just not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's over a hundred episodes now. Yeah. Some of them episodes. are just us talking. The earlier ones, but I'd say interviews. You're probably looking at eighty odd. Do you ever minimum. go back to the early ones? I think I, I, I listen it. to every episode about five times. Of course. Yeah, you edit it, so you have to. You must but be even, so sick of my voice. I do the van test, so when I'm at work in my van, I have to pull it on in the van and see how it, yeah. what I think of it while I'm driving, like while I'm doing other stuff, make sure it's engaging. Like. So how long How long before you felt you turned a corner that people were coming to you? I don't know, it took a while, didn't it? Cause we, I don't know, we're quite both, not, I wouldn't say pessimistic, but we're quite, we give it a lot of thought and we're always mm. like, I hope people like this and this is... I had, and now it's we don't really think about it at all. I had no, no idea about PR. Like, I yeah, I didn't know it was a big thing. I did not know that every restaurant or most restaurants have PR or most chefs have PR. And it would have been so much easier if I did know that <laughs> at the beginning. That I could yeah. have just went to and made friends with somebody in yeah. PR instead of having to try and make friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like maybe that's worked in our favour that we have kind of done that because we could call a lot of the chefs and mm-hmm. restaurant owners genuinely friends like text them now and say those things and yeah it's not a week goes by we don't yeah. not talking to someone or another about something that's great gossip like it's great in that sense but yeah pr was a massive shock to us we had no idea how important pr was mm. and, and there's some at, absolutely incredible pr companies in brum as well, well we like, do a lot of stuff we've well one we know probably the best and does give us a lot of work especially early on and we're really supportive of us was the relationship mm-hmm 
Yeah. And they've done, for us, they've done great things, but they really care, the people that work there. and Yeah, they have you know, Joe and the team, they have creative ideas. Yeah, I think that, that's yeah the they're key really to good brilliant at what they PR do. Is but we had, no, I, like, this was all, compl- like, this was something we learned fairly quick. We were like, this is yeah. all PR, like, I don't understand, like, a lot of people do the whole Instagram thing, you find, like, for free stuff and invites, and I want to go to this opening, I want to go to this, yeah. and, or I hope I can get to this. We didn't know that was a thing either. Like, when we started <laughs> doing the podcast, we didn't know we'd ever be invited to anything. Didn't even mm. dream of it. We didn't think, well, why would we... We didn't. One, we didn't really know they happened, and two, we didn't really thought we'd ever... Why, why would we get an invite to this? Or mm-hmm. why would we... Why would they want to speak to us about this? I wonder if that's one of the reasons why it's going so well for you guys, because yeah. you're not driven by advertising sales. You know, you are um, amiable, lovely fellas that... And it's more of a conversation, isn't it? The, yeah. what, what you do, I think it's why... Well, that's, the, that's the first thing we said when we sat down, is we wanted it to sound like we were just talking. We're, we're not yeah. professional interviewers. We're not, like, journalists. No. Never been to... Neither of us have been to university. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not slagging people that are real journalists or... But no, I think it, it comes across as a different style. And I think chefs, because a lot of chefs don't go to uni, or they kind of resonate with this style as well. Yeah. Like when we're interviewing a chef, like Carl will swear pretty early on. And yeah. I think that's There's good. There's a good chance in every conversation I'm going to do that. Because yeah. I think <laughs> straight away, nothing says this isn't the BBC more than, oh, yeah. shit, or fuck, yeah, right, yeah. But straight away, like chefs on ease, they're like, oh, yeah, this isn't the BBC. I can say what I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'd yeah. say, going back to your original question, like, Alex Clarence. <laughs> Alex was Easy the first to chef to kind of message us and say, Can I be on the podcast? Oh, and like and what a name like. You yeah. know, he was like when I drew up a list of people who I wanted on the podcast, like dream guests at the beginning, Alex was on that list. He was on the list, yeah. So when he messaged us and then when he came on and then we had Stu just after Master Chef. Yeah. And that kind of felt like the t- and then Obviously, COVID, that was March yeah. 2020. So, But that felt genuinely like where people kind of looked at us and went, oh, oh yeah, they're taking this serious now. Because, I mean, like, I think it's like 80% of podcasts don't last more than seven episodes. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a ridiculous number. Like, well, you got, I mean, I'm, I'm interviewing you now, but one of you um, put out, is it? The Spotify stats. Yeah, Spotify yeah, unranked. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't get over well, those that. Those stats are incredible. A top 5% most followed podcast in the country. Because podcast stats are weird. You know, like, you can go on your... Well, I, I do the newsletter on MailChimp. So I yeah. can go on MailChimp. It tells me how many... It tells you everything. Whereas the podcast, it's like split. So you'd have to go onto iTunes, Spotify. So like, iTunes don't give you that information that Spotify just did. So mm-hmm. that was only on our stats for Spotify. But... When I seen them, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I seen them. I was like, has he met these up? <laughs> like, I couldn't get over it. I was like, shit. And it was like, it's almost the... like daunting. Like, you're like, oh. I didn't realise I didn't put yeah. the countries one up. It was like a stupid amount of countries as well that we listened to him, which was weird. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, who's that? Like, I noticed we get a couple of listens straight away in Ireland because I got loads of family there and then Australia because I got family there. But then there was like Cyprus for a little bit because your brother was in Cyprus. Yeah. But yeah, it was just. Um, yeah, he's crazy. Just did not expect it at all. No, it's very odd. Them stats, they're very flattering stats. Mm. As I look at them, they're just like, wow. Yeah, well, well done. Like, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. No, we don't really tend to, like, we get stats like this. We do it. Nobody yeah. listened. That's it, like we've said. Like, yeah. with, there's an ethos that we started off with that we always want it to be a conversation. We don't want to slag anywhere off. It'll get cut if someone does. Yeah. And we just, it, it's just a nice vibe. We want yeah. it to be a friendly, positive conversation. I'd with love people. a compendium of all the things you've had to cut. 
You know what? We, it, it's explained pretty early on to most people. And if we don't know them, we'll say this is how we like. We give a little explanation of what's going to happen. We don't. We don't say don't say this; it'll be cut. Mm. But we're we're a positive podcast. So yeah, same with us. We keep it. Yeah, like, we're not what's... here to slag anyone off. And there's some people you have to tell that you have to make that clear in advance before you interview them that you're keeping it positive. Mm. But that's just what we started off with, and it's exactly we haven't changed. We haven't diverted yeah. once. Although from you know, how like. If you did keep all the negativity in, you'd and then run just like the headline on Twitter, we'd probably have like a yeah, yeah, hundred thousand yeah. more listeners. Yeah. We'd top one percent on Spotify. I don't, I don't care to be honest. Like, yeah, because you're like disarmingly friendly. You're not exactly a pair of Paxmans, are you? No. Well, I think I place because we just are. Like, I mean, I'm sure we would say this, but we are just nice and we are interested mm. fanboys really I mean, just for the yeah industry. we're just interested in the industry <laughs> we have a massive passion for it we don't get paid for this we do because we like doing it and if we don't want to do something we don't do it it's very simple do you find it hard again I'm interviewing you I was going to say no this that's fine interview do, do, you find, fine. do you find it hard after a day's work to, to you know to get on to do this? anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 for you Liam to edit it together so for me, an interview that runs a, an hour and 20 long, I, I know I only need 20 yeah. minutes of that. Yeah, but yours is yours is way harder than sure. mine because I just let it go. So it's like if it's two hour, two and a half hours, it's two and a half. Well, it might be two hours. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll, I'll rob one. Now, Rob could have easily been three hours long. but Rob Wood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Luckily, yeah, he didn't know his dinner. <laughs> Luckily, he had no that was dinner. A, what a well, podcast that I'd was. Do, I'd still I'd, do I'd, a, You know what? I'd do, a, I'd do a three-hour special with yeah. him. He's that fascinating. Yeah. But for and you, engaging. you've got you've you're, you've got constraints. You've got to get it down to yeah, yeah, but, yeah. With Rob with that Leo from Beaufort, Beaufort Spirits, that that new gin, described him as Rob as a, a mad scientist. Yeah, which I think pretty much. Well, we were talking about non-alcohol stuff earlier, and he's non-alcoholic cocktails. Yeah, they're on a par with any alcoholic cocktail really? you can have. They're so like I get to try Liam's. Luckily, he doesn't get mm. to try mine, but I get to try his, <laughs> and. They're phenomenal. Yeah, they're absolutely amazing. phenomenal. Mm. Like, and he really cares about the non-alcohol side. He can see the benefits, and he can see that some customers still want a drink experience at a restaurant, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily want it to involve and alcohol. And atelier, presumably. Yeah, but it is hard work the podcast. But we have to. I, we love it. That's why I do it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, yeah, you. But not in the evening time. I'm not, like eight o'clock. I'm. I'm a five o'clocker. Five o'clock in the morning's my time, and then yeah, you're up at five editing this. Anyway. Yeah, five o'clock, and then seven o'clock work, and then you're a morning man. Yeah, me I'm, too. I've always been a morning man. Gym uh, at five o'clock. Yeah, so. and I'm lucky in the sense I do a lot of the organising and emails and yeah. right. getting us, and I can fit that in with my work quite easily because I get gaps in between what I do where I can sit down for ten minutes and do a story or mm. email someone back or email someone for this reason or that reason and. Text Liam, can you do this date? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this time. I'll text back three days later. Then I send another text saying, "No, Liam, can you do, can you do this?" Now? I'm not about texting or emailing back. That's no. not my thing. <laughs> but yeah, luckily we just we just we found a way of making it work. I think more than deciding it was going to work, it's just worked its way into our lives. Mm-hmm. So you've managed to somehow turn the interview. I know. Around. Yeah, that's, that's a, what I. That's, that's what a true, I do. True journalist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we should. Like I said before we started, we should do one where I just interview you two. I think people would love to know how, like how Birmingham's Ant and Deck met, you know? <laughs> and how you don't... Re- if you had a fight in an elevator like Ant and Deck did. 
I think that'd be a short fire. I think I'd be coming out of that a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know those body language experts who I feel like I'm doing, I'd be like, I'm saying yeah, but I'm good. I'm shaking my head again. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> I'd say you're more sort of introverted in some sense where you don't really want to give too much away or like do a speech on a Lock stage or something me in a room with a like laptop that. and my editing software and I'll be happy. Whereas <laughs> I'm quite happy to get up and talk in front of a crowd. It wouldn't bother me. They're just people. people really? Just people. Doesn't, I don't care about things like that. Carl loves all the openings and stuff whereas like... Yeah, work in the room. I've got to work my way up for it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm working in the room like an uncle at a wedding. Either. <laughs> oh, my uncle at my wedding. <laughs> yeah. Proper works in the room. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. They're just People are just people. They're, they're not above or below anyone else. If one of your... Fr- well, how, no, when, when you left, why did you leave London? No, we never asked that. I never asked that. Why did I leave London? I remember the moment I decided to go. Uh, well, I'd, I'd actually been offered a job. I didn't. I didn't go straight to Birmingham. I went to Dubai. Oh, oh yeah, I absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> I'd say Dubai is the exact opposite of Birmingham in that nothing in Dubai is real. Yeah, even the people. Yeah, I mean, I had f- friends in Dubai, lots of friends, but there's a certain fakeness that permeates not just the buildings and, and the people, but Birmingham. <laughs> Is very real, <laughs> like almost to a fault. <laughs> Nothing is fake in Birmingham, no. you know. Coming from Dubai to Brum, what I most loved about it, it was the exact opposite. But I left London, I was offered that job in Dubai. I think I perhaps had lost interest in my job at Shortlist Magazine at the time. And I remember I was on this really busy bus and like we've got busy buses in Birmingham but like in London they are yeah. horrendous. Yeah, it's crazy. And two dogs started having a fight. <laughs> on this bus and then the two owners started having a fight oh. <laughs> so I just got off the bus yeah. and I rang the editor of What's On Dubai and said I'm having that job <laughs> and, and left I don't know I think perhaps I'd, I'd seen enough the thing about my my time in I, I love I loved London but it, it never felt like home mm, yeah. and like if th- in 13 years it doesn't feel like home then it's not going to yeah. in 26 and, and Birmingham always did in fact, you know, my mum's house on my mobile phone still is home. It says home, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's the, th- the thing with Brum is that you can leave, but you'll always look at it as home. And I always did. But when it, like when I thought about launching iTunes Birmingham, I did look at Nottingham and I looked at Cardiff. And I like to think Birmingham won out on merit. It wasn't... Uh, mm. People often think I just came home. Yeah. But if you grew up in Birmingham when I grew up in Birmingham, you wouldn't have been in a huge rush back. Um, yeah. You know, by 2000 and... When did I come back? 2008? It was a completely different city, you know? And it mm. really was, and still does, appeal to people. Sometimes Brummies find that hard to believe that it appeals so much to people in other cities, particularly in London. Um, and that's why it always comes top of all these Office of National oh, Statistics. Oh, it just came up the second best... Was it... UK or was it the world? Oh, that was a time out. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, that wasn't like a, a statistical analysis. No, no, that no, was but it's still pretty yeah, yeah, big. I, I found, so for the listeners, Time Out magazine put together the 10 best places to visit in the UK. So that could be a city or a town. Mm. It could be a village or a whole county, but it was the 10 best places to visit. Birmingham came second, and I knew that would this would rub people up the wrong way. But what I found really interesting when I put this out on social media was the reaction. So on the Brummies that follow me on Twitter are obviously 
incredibly passionate about Birmingham. Yeah. You know, they put it on their shoulders and they loved it. And then obviously it reaches people outside of Birmingham through retweets and whatnot. And suddenly you find the anti-Brummies that have nothing to do with Birmingham giving it a good kicking. And that's what I expect to happen. But if you go, if you go on Facebook, the reaction was incredibly negative from Birmingham outwards, even in Birmingham. This is what bothers me about Brum is that there's a sort of subsection of Brummies that still have a negative opinion of their own city. Yeah. And I, and I can understand that it's not perfect. I, I, I get that. And I like to think that I have quite a good balance on Birmingham. Obviously, I choose Birmingham is inherently positive, but I think me personally, I, I get that it's not perfect. I get that it needs a lot of work. But if you look at these people, they actually live in Birmingham and they're responding to the post extremely negatively. And I think, I don't know if it's a generational thing or... I was going to say, surely that's more a reflection of the age that, of people on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but I also think there's, there's some youngsters in Birmingham who are, who are extremely keen to get out as well. And mm. I think there's perhaps the likes of us in, in this middle age bracket that, that see it f- for the, the benefits it has. Mm. Well, one of the things I think about Birmingham, and it was, the, it was a lot harder back in the day, but if you knew the right places to go, Going out was always fun. Yeah. And I think that's still the case. There's more places to go, loads of great places. But I think in Birmingham, you have to know about them. And if you don't know about them, you're still just going out in, yeah. on Broad Street or your local yeah. pub or yeah. a Weatherspoons. Yeah. I think there's a lot yeah. of people I in Birmingham that mean. haven't, they don't know Sturchley is a good area to that's go out. A good and point. if they did go yeah. to Sturchley, they wouldn't know where to fucking go anyway. Yeah. Like, you'd just... have to give them a map and draw it out from go to Attic, go to Evian, go to all these other great places. I think it, that's one of the problems Birmingham's got is so there'll be f- three bad places and then a good place and people will go to them three blah and not know about the fourth place that was fantastic and you missed it and I think yeah this is something we struggle with it's like we've talked about how good Manchester is Manchester's good but everything's in one place mm-hmm. and you can walk to all these places and districts and they're all right there yeah. Birmingham if you're in Birmingham there's someone oh I've heard Couch is good for cocktails and you're in the jewelry quarter. Mm. You're gonna be like, oh, where is it? Like, like it's Birmingham. It's got to be here somewhere. Let's walk to it. And like, you, you're clearly never gonna walk from the jewelry quarter to Sturchley. Yeah, I think I think one of the the beautiful Brummy trait of being self-deprecating can sometimes blur into putting ourselves down. Mm. And I think there's almost a confirmation bias in a way, in that people will certain certain Brummies, I think, consume the media they want to consume that will tell them that Birmingham was better in the 1980s and I was there and it wasn't, Mm. you know? And they will, if they want to think that the world is going to shit, then they will read the media that tells them that it is. Yeah. And sometimes I just, I find it quite infuriating sometimes when you see a a Twitter bio, let's say, of someone who's giving Brum a kick and you click on it and they live in Birmingham, just think, (laughs) I I don't want you to be blindly positive, but I do wonder whether... You're also being blindly negative and that, you know, there does seem to be that problem in Birmingham. And I don't think they have that in Manchester. I don't think they have that in Liverpool, Leeds, Sheffield, Bristol. Mm. And it's something that, you know, I I don't want the city to change the wonderful positive traits that we have. And I don't want us to be a swaggering, you know, Billy Big Bollocks. But I would like us to think that perhaps we owe our city a favour to not give it a kicking at every possible turn because how can yeah. we expect other people to do the same if 
you know, there's a percentage of us that won't give yeah. it a chance. Yeah, definitely. But that, all that said, it's important to remember that, you know, there are far many more people who think it's absolutely fantastic and who know it's absolutely fantastic and know that that fourth bar or restaurant was the good one, mm. you know, mm. and, and see the changes that have made have been made in this in this city. I think mean, that's come through people like yourself and yeah, I choose and, and like other people that are doing cool things around the city like yeah we need there's more plenty of people we? shouting about the city and i don't think there's certain people that aren't listening yeah exactly exactly i mean yeah you and know they're just people. not going to listen by nature. no they've made their mind they want yeah. their carlin in a fucking weather spoon they're not <laughs> yeah. interested in anything else. you're right subscribe to i choose birmingham listen to breaking bread have the independent birmingham app maybe leave a few of the Birmingham Mail articles without clicking on them just because yeah. they're saying that cyclists are ruining the city. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, everything in moderation in a way, you know, have a bit of balance here. Yeah. So if one of your old friends from London or Manchester or somewhere was coming to Birmingham for 24 hours, what would you, where would you take them? What would you take them to mm. see? Where would you feed them? Balti Triangle. Like, why, yeah. why isn't the Balti Triangle... Bigger than Cadbury World. Like why is why isn't it why isn't it on the map? Why isn't it I mean it is technically signposted from from New Street Station, but yeah. only in that temporary signage. Weird it thing, should yeah. be everyone should know how to get there. There should be a museum of Bangladeshi and Indian and Pakistani immigration into Birmingham. It should be the place everyone's that Alfrash should never have closed. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, this we should be so proud of the Balti Triangle, and not just because of the Balti, but because of how affordable it is, how fucking tasty it is, yeah. how how much life there is in in that mm, part yeah. of Birmingham, and how few Brummies I think go there. Yeah, there, yeah. You yeah. know, it's unreal there. No, it's crazy, isn't it? We went it's... up Ladderpool Road like I think it was the first week of the Commonwealth Games, and uh, it was buzzy. I think it was about eleven o'clock at night, twelve o'clock at night, and it was just. There's just smoke billowing yeah. out of the doors there. Yeah. That smell of cooked yeah. lamb or whatever yeah. it might be. And there's places you'd you'd look at and think that's not that can't be a restaurant. And then you go in, <laughs> exactly. you, you sit in this room, and you're like, this still doesn't feel like a fucking yeah. restaurant. But then you get this curry, and you're like, this is unbelievable. Where the hell's? I remember. Yeah. Was it that? Were you with us that time? Where we told the taxi driver we were hungry. Coming from town, yeah, and he was like, and "I know where to take yeah, you." Yeah, it took us to somewhere on Ladypool Road, and he came in and met with us. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it took us into like this back room. It was, it like, was like a like, chip shop, wasn't it? Yeah, almost, and then we went through the, the back door and ended up in this room with just other cab drivers, and we had this meal room. And it was <laughs> phenomenal. What a place! <laughs> like I can't think of that happening many other places. No. Tell you where else I'd take a friend from out of town. Have you have you been to? Hockley Social Club when they're hosting the CBSO, oh, the, the Symphony I Orchestra. I want to do oh, this. We've the talk, most... we're, we were talking to him about it as well, and he was on about how great it is. Hockley's a special thing, anyway. Jack. Uh, Jack. So it's, it's the most beautifully brummy experience because there's this literally world-class orchestra yeah. in a street food event with some guy making some guy, a brilliant street food trader banging out tacos or Thai food, <laughs> you know, yeah. metres away. And it's just, it's absolutely wonderful to hear this outstanding music whilst being surrounded by perhaps the people you wouldn't normally find in Symphony Hall. And mm. I'd take them there. Icon Gallery, like, what I like about Icon Gallery is more often than not, the art, the, the exhibitions there are pretty out there. 
They're yeah. kind of like, whether you like it or not, you're going to be talking about it on the cab home. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. it can be really wild. And I love that. And it's free. What's that it's one just... in Digbuff that was like every, I think it was once a month. And it was in the back end of Digbuff. Uh, they've got Eastside and it was Projects. A, and... and it was massive, like four floors, several buildings. And you just walk around and they're all art yeah. installations. And, and they've got Minerva Projects out just there. crazy it, stuff. Digbuff's like, I mean... I'd take them to Digbeth as well. Yeah, Digbeth. It's, it's not just, you know, I think that's weird golf and table tennis. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Um, so much more than that. Well, Digbeth's got something. I think Digbeth is something for everyone. Like, if you can't find something you want to do in Digbeth, then you shouldn't be fucking going out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's your 24 hours sorted. You better take them to the floozy. <laughs> I better watch. Take them to the flus. Oh yeah, of course. The fix. Yeah. If they follow you on Twitter, they'll, yeah. they would have heard loads about it. So yeah, yeah, that was pretty much my work run. <laughs> well, I'm still adamant. You stand there and you can see all the old buildings and the town hall and all this stuff, and you could be pick up and be anywhere in the world, and it rivals everywhere just for beauty. Yeah, yeah. The buildings are old. They're beautiful. They're stunning. There's murals on them. Yeah, like I. I always stand there and look and think, I think some people just aren't looking. They just walk through on their day off or on yeah. the way to work and they're not looking at it. Yeah. If you stop there and look around, it's stunning. It rivals anywhere easily. I, I agree with that, but but it also, it doesn't have to be stunning. No, so, it doesn't have to be. So, We're just very lucky that it's, it is. <laughs> yeah, but like beautiful buildings don't make a beautiful city no, any no, more no. than like a beautiful face would make a beautiful person. You know, it's... it. Yes, we leveled some of our most beautiful buildings, but this city is beautiful because of the people. It's beautiful because of the independence, Mm. beautiful because of the buzz around the the place. It's beautiful because people help each other out, Mm. you know, and we could keep knocking down buildings. We shouldn't, but we could, and that will never go away. And I think that's the the beauty of Birmingham, if I'm honest. Yeah, I've always said it's like um, you can't just walk up to a stranger and hug them because you probably will get punched. (laughs) But. If you were in trouble, they would help you, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's Birmingham Arts. Yeah. Equally, I kind of, I kind of love the, um, the outlook of knocking down... Obviously, I don't want us to knock down historical buildings, but I do quite admire the not-giving-a-shit attitude. And some of my favourite Birmingham structures are Spaghetti Junction or the Central Library, which we stupidly knocked down yeah. because it was hideous. But I didn't mind it being hideous. You know, you I loved it. Like, I love the new it, library. Yeah. It's one of my favourite buildings to look at. I think it's stunning and it's really good inside. But you could have done something else with the old library, you know what I mean? You could have worked in or done yeah. something. That was a... That'll yeah. be, like, it's, for a lot of Brummies, it's a personal thing anyway. But that'll be back in at some point. Everything comes and goes again. Mm. And they've took the... They might take it down. There'll be a time when people will be building stuff like that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carl's going to do his questions. Here's my super quick questions that never quick. Hit me, Carl. Here we go. Should, is it like Mastermind style? Do, do I have 60 seconds? <laughs> Should I the lights? You know what? Yeah, please dim the lights. I, I, I would love to. <laughs> my special subject on is the floozy in the jacuzzi. <laughs> uh your favourite TV show? Um, this is where I have to say Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Do you know, I've, I've, I, I don't watch Peaky Blinders and I, I realise I probably should because it seems like it was quite good. It's really good. It yeah. was good, yeah. It was really good. I think I've missed the last two series, though. Really? And I've never watched, watched, watched three, I think. Mad Men. I never watched Mad Men. No, I never got into that. I got in and out of Mad Men. Lost interest sometimes, Gee. yeah. I was told was nothing good. really happens and that kind no, of that, yeah, that, Exactly that. <laughs> nothing really happens. <laughs> Uh, Band of Brothers was my favourite ever TV show. That's a good one. Favourite movie? 
My favourite movie as a child. I mean, the the movie, I've, the two movies I've watched most: Stand by Me and Terminator Two. Yeah, uh, but awesome. is your favourite movie necessarily the one you've watched most? Probably not. No, it's never going to be the best movie ever made either. No. Like, well, my answer's Predator. Of course, it is. And yeah. I think you've you put on the list I've got. You've got The Crow or the Bo- or the Lost Boys. Yeah, well, both of them are the best films ever made. So. <laughs> See, in my Do opinion, you... The Predator is a ten out of ten. <laughs> the Crow, an unbeatable. Died during, died the, during the, film. the film. So, how did they make it? Uh, I think it's it was near the, last, the end. Was the yeah. end. Yeah, it was at the end. There is a couple of scenes where someone else is. Yeah, but they don't him. film it chronologically. <laughs> like, no, the end no, isn't necessarily the last thing. They it shoot. was. It was the last day of shooting. Ah, oh, right. That's right. right. So, yeah, yeah, pardon the uh, word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did he shoot himself? He shot he himself. He shot with a fake bullet and it oh, killed him. Let's move on. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> so, do we say a film? I've gone for Stand By Me or Stand Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. So, we're going for them. Brilliant. Yeah. Good for both. Terminator films, 2. Like, Terminator. That's classy. Isn't Terminator it? is fantastic. Well, I should have gone for something I should have gone for La Bella Evita. Terminator 2, mate. Terminator 2. The answers we want to hear. What's your favourite band or artist? Old Tom would have said Guns N' Roses. Good. I've got like a, a embarrassing dad obsession with a young band called The Vaccines. I say yeah. young, they were young a while ago. They're probably old now. But <laughs> yeah. I listened to The Vaccines yeah. and like, yeah. I only listened to like 12 bands on repeat. Yeah. So my Spotify Unwrapped was the same 12 bands it was last year, <laughs> the year before that. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. You get people like their music. My wife's the same. She's got a very specific music taste, and that's pretty much what she'll listen to. What's your karaoke song, if you don't mind me asking? If I've got a karaoke song, you know, I'm really, really obvious. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, it's, it's something I pick oh, that, that I know. Be banned. I, yeah, I know. But it's one of them, like, I know I don't have to do much work. Oh, uh, you don't have to do much work oh, because everyone will everyone join in. Else will join I mean, it's the in. hardest so I tend song to, pick to one sing. That's, sure. Yeah, but it's one I can just you can pull the mic. Well, mine's Radio still Gaga, goes. so this yeah, similarly again, everyone yeah. will just jump in and help you. But also, you shouldn't be able to sing to do karaoke, right? No, if you, you can, have you're like, to oh, be, you oh, have to God. crucify the song. I used to work in a pub where we done karaoke on a Thursday, and actually hated the people who really could sing because you knew they were there just to get an ego jump, like yeah, 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 yeah. I far preferred the drunk gazer who got up and made an absolute ass of himself yeah. and just roared his heart out and I loved that <laughs> you know you will know Rob Newsome of, of yeah. foodie boys fame he and, I, he and I like to trawl Chinatown to find the uh, the hidden karaoke booths yeah my wife's That's got the place. to a lot of them she That's likes them the very place much to be. Well, she has she has a playlist of karaoke songs between her and her friends and they just add them onto the playlist now Rob also asked me to get the word heron into this <laughs> podcast, but I've technically failed. Heron. Yeah. yeah. That would be a hard one. Sorry, Rob. Though. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> really uh, what's your favourite beer? Uh, my favourite beer. So, Longhorn by Purity, yeah, I suspect. That's a good one. Every year, I was the first um, customer at Pure Craft Bar and Kitchen. So, every year on the, on the March, there's something, April something, they let me come in and have a beer on the house. And it's always Longhorn. And it's the best beer of the year. And then I'll go and watch a movie on my own. That's what nice. I, I like to That's do. That's not Tom Cullen, though. Yeah, there should, there should be one, shouldn't there? <laughs> no, I'm down with that. I do like Ubu. I'm a big fan of Ubu. Yeah, Ubu's fantastic, Ubu's isn't it? Yeah. And the other really thing about Longhorn is you don't have more than two because the hangover is intense. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite big fast food chain? 
five guys for my sins. Oh, so, like, I, I, re- I recognize Meat Shack is miles better. I recognize original Patty Men is. But sometimes, if you're stuck at New Street Station yeah. and there's five guys there, I think my order is quite weird. I have mayonnaise, raw onion, no bacon, cheese, jalapeno. Nice. That's, that's not it. far off. And mine. no fries, because that, I mean, the amount of fries. Oh, the small fries. It's like a whole bag full still. How many people do you think have made the mistake of going with their partner or something and ordering a large fries each? Yeah. fries. <laughs> I've made that mistake. Yeah. Everyone must have made that mistake. Yeah, I bet they, yeah. The, yeah do the, you get the milk? Have you ever had the milkshake from there? No. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're always on about the milkshake the there. Flat about five guys is is the really? milk with the bacon crumb. Um, they put bacon in your milkshake. They put bacon in your milkshake. That should oh, be illegal. They've got a list. They like the burgers. You just add your whatever. It's no extra cost. It's the same with the um, milkshake. They've just got a list of stuff. You can add all of it or as much as you want. I always have um, vanilla, salted caramel, Oreos, and bacon. As a non-drinker, Liam, do you allow yourself more naughtiness on food? Do you kind of balance it off as? Well, I didn't have six pints like Carl did, so I'll have bacon <laughs> on my on my milkshake. No, I don't it fair. I never really uh, work like that. It's like just I only have that kind of food anyway, like Saturday, Sunday, like yeah. just so that's a really boring answer. <laughs> I tell you what I do do though, do you know um if we go for like oh I'll go for a Michelin star meal. What I spend that Michelin star meal is what some lads will spend enough. Friday night in a boozer, like, you know, and I'll justify that, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know something I mentioned to you that I did want to talk about, but we're probably not going to be able to because we've run out of time? Dining on your own. Um, oh, yeah. that. that's fine. That's a subject I'm very passionate about. Should we do I the do. quick version? Because yeah. I, I just find, so I've started doing it a lot more, yeah. dining on my own. I really enjoy it. I, like, oh, I enjoy I going to the cinema on my own. I like eating on The older I get, the more comfortable I am sitting on my own, re- pretending to read a book, but actually just looking at Twitter. And eating a bonehead, you know, bonehead's yeah. great for it. In fact, well, that's a great place to be by yourself anyway. Yeah. Like it's perfect. I was out Saturday by myself. What walked per- the dog and went what, to the pub. What percentage <laughs> of people do you think are comfortable going to a restaurant on their own? I think it's going to be a low, small percent. I've come up with a good hack though for myself. Go on. I just ordered two meals <laughs> <laughs> on my own. <laughs> if you look when I go for brunch, everyone's like, "Who did you get to brunch with?" I'm like, no, I just went on my own <laughs> and I ordered two brunches. I had both. <laughs> I don't think it's easy the first time you dine on your own. I think you just kind of have to get used to it. I fell into it. And for there are certain work. restaurants that yeah, are good for it. Bonehead is, is a great one yeah. for it. Meat you don't yeah. meat shack, Tiger bites, pig. Yeah. There's certain places that are just. I fell into it through work because I used to do a lot of lodging away and sometimes you'd be lodging away with yourself you've got to go and eat yeah and you're sitting there and you're thinking well this I'll go for a drink first and you're sitting there you're like this is alright this is alright I think it is as you get older you get more used to yourself yeah and you're less doubting everything you're thinking you're Mm. comfortable in your own skin then you're happy just to go there what is it about a restaurant that that makes it comfortable for you to dine on your own so for example where wouldn't you feel comfortable dining I was just about to say would you go into a Michelin star and just dine on your own I've been to a very fancy restaurant I went to Toffs by myself I just took myself for lunch did you sit did you sit at the yeah, I'd, if I went somewhere yeah. like that, I'd, I'd want to sit at the counter. Yeah, because I'm looking. I know some of the people that work there anyway, so that helps a yeah. lot of the time. I tend to eat by myself or drink by myself somewhere mm. where I already know people yeah. who work there and can talk to someone. But equally, there is places I mm. just go by myself and don't know anyone. Where, That's nice yeah. sometimes. But then cars, I'd, go, I'd probably go to cars. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. You could, that. couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But where couldn't you? Excluded Michelin style restaurants, where couldn't you eat on your own? Do you know what, some of them yeah. chains would be a bit weird. You know, if you went like Pizza Express, no, maybe yeah. not Pizza. Uh, what's the other one? Prezzo. 
Yeah, just imagine someone like that. You'd feel Same a bit weird. Ones, yeah. 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 yeah, I think you're right. Or even Pizza Express to an extent. I think you're right. The Ivy. I wouldn't be on no. my own at the Ivy. Yeah, no, I think anywhere I mean, like, you'd be very on show. Yeah. I think like a very large restaurant where there's lots of tables and you'd be very clearly by yourself. Yeah. I'm fascinated by it. I'm the fascinated. only thing sometimes I think, I worry that I'm like, Costing the restaurant money by taking up a table for two. Oh, Liam. That's, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, that has never crossed my mind. <laughs> but you know, in, the, in America, in some American restaurants, if you go as a free, they'll charge you for four. Yeah, obviously. If you that. go as a one, oh, they'll really? charge you for two. Yeah. Do they still charge you at Marco Pierre White's for having an, uh, a seat on the outside? I would imagine so. Five, oh, I think it's a surplus so. five. <laughs> <laughs> to sit around there. Does Aureli do that? No, they no, don't. And they, they don't. Uh, when they were launching, they told me they absolutely would not do that. No, that's good. That's good for promising. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you go to the cinema or on your own, Carl? Uh, I've had to. My wife won't watch a lot of the Marvel stuff. <laughs> oh, really? You've been behind don't blame me. massively for the last sort of phase. And I would, though. If you I had would, though. Yeah, yeah. But you're sitting there, like, you shouldn't be fucking talking in the cinema anyway. I, mm. know, I, would, I don't know if I'd <laughs> yeah. want to go on a Saturday, though, or some, like, busy times. Yeah, day, yeah. yeah, daytime Tuesday. Daytime Tuesday. Yeah. Day. yeah. <laughs> Like gigs as well. I've been to gigs by myself as well. I'd struggle and with that. Again, like I don't need to be. With, usually, you end up bumping into people and talking to people anyway. But again, you're watching what's on the stage. You're not necessarily there to chat to someone. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's not really an area where it's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. What was your next question? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favourite dish that you cook at home? Do you do much cooking? I do. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not great. Uh, I went to that Eureka cookery school at Simpsons yeah, a couple of weeks that. ago. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I immediately asked for a pasta rolling machine for, for Christmas. <laughs> to cook at home, I really like doing like Far East Asian stuff. So I've got, you know, a ludicrous drawer of, you know, those sorts of ingredients. And my eldest daughter absolutely loves it when I do noodles. So I love doing stuff like that. And other than that, anything that's a bit homely, stewy, casserole, pies, that nice. sort of stuff. Um, I'm not, I'm not very good in the kitchen, but I get by. That's all you need. Did you ever go up to the Chinese um, supermarket? Wing Yip. Yeah. I haven't ever been, and that is uh, outrageous. Oh, you know, even if you're not going to buy anything, yeah. it's worth it just as an experience, just to walk around looking at stuff. That's I, I'm, yeah. I'm in there for a couple of hours. I, I saw the Tiger I'm Bites. Terrible. The Tiger Bites pig boys were in there, That's and they put a video it, on. Yeah. Looked great, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I go to that Soul Plaza in Selly Oak, which is much smaller, but the same sort of. I have no idea what I'm doing in here vibe, but everything looks great. <laughs> you just go to the frozen section. That's where I get lost. I'm just looking yeah. at these frozen meals and frozen <laughs> fish things, and I don't know what it is. And I'm just like, just I just look at everything. I'm terrible in there. I'm yeah. bad in Sainsbury's. To be perfectly honest, looking at everything, but. Go there, I'm just mesmerised. Never go It's worth going. Oh, no, I'm there <laughs> for ages. That's why I do it online now. Yeah. <laughs> Can someone come and collect Carl? He yeah, uh, hasn't just, moved from the frozen Isle of Wing Yip for two easily days. easily use up a couple of hours in there, just looking. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite food destination in the world other than Birmingham? Oh, wow. i tell you what it isn't. <laughs> I went to Cuba and the food, <laughs> food was not up to really? much. Not up to much. Uh, maybe I made bad decisions. You probably shouldn't be able to make bad decisions, though, in an entire country. I'd be funny, though, yeah. if your national dish is a sandwich. <laughs> like... yeah, I love a sandwich, though. I'm mad Fine. for sandwiches. Conversely, not far from Cuba, I went to Barbados, and they've got, um, I think it's called Oyston's Fish Fry. It's a weekly thing they do. 
And oh my word, it's absolutely unreal. And that Bayesian yellow chili sauce that goes well with yes. absolutely everything. I've I mean, got one at home. It's insane, isn't it? Sensational. So good. Let's Can't go with Barbados. I'll take that as any. That work for most answers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, favorite band. What's the best yet, Barbados? <laughs> Done. That's us. That's us. Thank you very much, Tom. No, I have one, awesome. qu- one more question for you. Oh, oh. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to go to Shirley Kebab House on my way home. What am I ordering? Chicken and lamb tikka, I think, on the skewers. In a naan. Thanks for having me on. Oh, cheers, fellas. Cheers.